the number one thing that I've learned in the three plus years of, of uh, owning this company is do what you like to do and what you're good at. So when I started, I was trying to be do everything for everyone because, again, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what an LLC stood for. I didn't know what a W-9 was. Like, I, I didn't know you had to pay taxes four times a year. I, I, I wasn't taught any of that in college. So what I found out within the first couple months is what I really like to do is write stories and pitch them to media. And so that's all my company does. It's does one thing, four-step process. It's super simple. It's very direct, and it weeds out all nonsense. So I And I never get... Like I was saying before, I never get tired of it. I just enjoy doing it. It's not work. This is the Angles of Latitude podcast, session number 187 with visionary and global connector, Justin Breen. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening. And all things geek. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, you got a badass over here. Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, JC Preston, connector of amazing people and great ideas and playing co-host in this session is Veronica Kieran, creator of the Stories of COVID Project. Of course, this is the show where we bring you life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, experts, athletes, and artists so that you too can find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. So as you guys might have heard, this year has been all about connecting to new people and new ideas for me, and essentially recreating how I see everything in the business world. And as much as 2020 has hurt financially, it's been a true year of vision. And I really think my business partners and I are in a position to win now and in the future. And I have to admit, a big part of that new vision has come from exploring the past of great people today's guest has put in front of me. And simply put, he's the definition of a visionary, and with that power, he has put himself in a perpetual place of winning. Today, we're speaking with Justin Breen, who in 2017 found himself in a situation where he had to step away from his traditional journalism position. However, like many entrepreneurs we've had on the show, what was the end of one story was the beginning of an even better one. In his book, Epic Business, Justin shares with us that story, and in our chat today, Veronica and I get a bit of a preview of what all he's learned along the way. And I have to admit that Justin is probably one of the most transparent people I know. And in this conversation, we'll learn what went into Justin writing his book and what should we expect from it, some of the things all of us should know about PR, and how he learned the importance of leading with relationships. And speaking of leading with relationships... I want to remind you guys of Connected. And if you've been using LinkedIn in the slightest in the last couple of years, you've probably seen bad automated messages on there. Am I right? You know the ones. Someone randomly connecting with you and going straight for the ask. You know, check out my webinar. Check out my fill-in-the-blank. Check out my course, my website, whatever. And really, it's unfortunate, but the people who are sending those messages probably aren't having the greatest results with those efforts. 
But what if there was a right way to automate messages, a, a way you can lead with being a normal person, you know, a way you're not going straight to the ask and, you know, maybe being actually generous with your time and your resources. And I believe that's what it takes to actually lead with relationships. As we will relearn in today's conversation, leading with relationships is a good strategy to build your business. But just like anything else, when you can systematize what's good, then there's potential for greatness. And when it comes to developing a great network on LinkedIn, I think connected can be a silver bullet, especially if your business relies on building a network and having discovery and strategy sessions with people. So if you want to check it out, you can head on over to newinceptions.com connected. That's spelled K-E-N-N-E-C-T-E-D. And from there, you'll be able to check out the demo and what it can do for you. So again, that's newinceptions.com slash connected. And remember, you can check out the interview with its founder, Devin Johnson, at newinceptions.com slash 171. So as always, I'd love to hear from you guys on social media. All you have to do is tag us and let us know what you've learned from the discussion so far. Also, be sure to leave a comment on wherever you're listening to the show on. And doing so will not only get you involved, but it will also help other people find the show. And in fact, if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, I'll be sure to read it in an upcoming session. And while you're at it, subscribe to the show as well. And that way you'll be notified whenever a new episode is available. Also remember, if you need help in scaling your business, drop us a message at heyguysatnewinceptions.com with any of your questions. Whether you need advice or a strategic introduction to other amazing people, we love to help our listeners in any way that we can. Show notes and show note extras of the show can be found at newinceptions.com slash 187. And as always, I'll be on at the end of the show to fill you on in anything we might have missed. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, JC Preston, alongside Veronica, professional coach and creator of Stories of COVID. Veronica? Your book, Stories of Elders, which we discussed way back when in your Silver Edition interview, really actually just won two awards. I mean, it's been out for like a couple years now. How's that feel? For a year and a half. Yeah, I thought the window had closed completely. And uh, turns out, out of the, uh, the, the weeds comes these two awards in July, one right after the other, two weeks in a row, just intensity it was intense <laughs> yeah yeah i can imagine and especially with all the success that you've been doing with your your clients i mean you've just been having a pretty good month i would have said right yeah definitely it's been it you, i looking when we first you know started 2020 and, and covid hit we did not i don't think uh expect any sort of level of success like this and so um i think i think we're all thankful that things are going as as well as they are in spite of uh, the, the upheaval. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, and that that's just a sign is that, you know, suddenly things can turn, take a turn for the better. And uh, that's why you got to keep plugging along even mm-hmm. when you don't see that things might get yeah, better. There's good so. things everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Certainly. So anyway, a while back, speaking of good things, a while back, we actually had the opportunity to speak with Greg Reed. Uh, author of a few books that have quickly become classics in my library. And interestingly enough, uh, since then, he and his secret weapon, uh, Shannon Parsons, have uh, introduced me to a lot of of awesome people. Uh, One of those people is today's guest, Justin Breen. And Justin has a background in journalism, but as he describes in his new book, Epic Business, he quickly realized that his career 
and that world was over. And over time, like Greg describes in his book, uh, Three Feet from Gold, Justin figured out some pretty important lessons from other entrepreneurs as he built his business, Repic. Uh, today, through his business, Justin helps his clients figure out their own stories so that they can get noticed at the national level. And if you're an experienced entrepreneur who's ready to go to that, ne that next level, uh, I think Justin is certainly someone who can help with that. But before we get started, I just want to say that Justin can be found at repicllc.com. That's spelled B-R-E-P-I-C-L-L-C.com. Justin, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks for that awesome commercial for me and my business. <laughs> epic. <laughs> it was epic and it was prepic. Um, yes. So yeah, to look out because you'll get me going on puns and that'll be the whole podcast. <laughs> so anyway, it's nice to have you on the show, Justin. Um, and I, I like to kind of dig into the background of our guests to understand what made them because a lot of times we see levels of success and we just take it for granted that, oh yeah, that's just, they were born that way and that's all it was. Um, but you spent many years as a journalist and you were very successful as a journalist. And so let's talk about what initially drew you into that career path, drew you into journalism. Was there a spark of inspiration in your youth that got you excited in that career or did you just fall into it? What, what happened? What, what do we need to know? Uh, one of the first childhood photos of me is uh, me reading the Chicago Sun-Times newspaper. I was probably <laughs> eight months old sitting in my mom's lap. Uh, literally this life in terms of a professional thing, it's all I've ever wanted to do. Wow. Um, read the Chicago Tribune sports section with my dad as a child. Uh, I don't, I mean, I've never wanted to do anything else. And that's, what's great about my company now is it's still journalism at a very high level. It's just a little bit different. So yeah, this is, I mean, it's my life's passion and it's not even work to me. Like people ask all the mm -hmm. time, how many hours a week do you work? I go zero. None of this is work. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's exactly what, what, uh, every entrepreneur says, you know, drive towards that drive towards feeling like you're not doing work. You're just enjoying life right? and you happen to get paid for it. So what do you love about it? What do you love about the written word and about, um, about telling stories? Um, so I, there's this test called the Colby test, K O L B E. Um, I'm in this entrepreneurial group called strategic coach. It's a very high level international group and Colby's like the Bible of it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, it's four scores, fact finder, follow through, uh, quick start, meaning able to do things right away and then implementer working with hands. So I'm a really high fact finder and I'm endlessly curious about um, talking to people around the world uh, and just finding really interesting journalistic newsworthy things about them. So most of my day, Monday through Friday is just talking to global entrepreneurs, very high level ones, and just listening to them and hearing about their lives and their stories, similar to the, the questions that you're asking me. Like, that's pretty much what I do all day. And then uh, it's just, I never get, I never get tired of it. So I have a, a wife and two amazing young sons. And um, if I didn't have to sleep or be a, you know, husband, father, I could literally do this 24 seven and never get tired of it. So mm -hmm. So yeah, you're very switched on with regards to human connection. Uh, what makes people what makes people excited makes you excited, which is awesome. Yep. So the thing is, in 2017, your your feeling around media journalism started to change, and uh, there was this 
the shift that you went through and aha. Tell us about that pivot and what brought you to the decision that it was time to make a change. Sure. So again, most of my days talking to entrepreneurs that run seven to 10 figure businesses on a global level, and pretty much all of them have gone through some type of trauma or depression or bankruptcy or, you know, overcome the odds. They just never give up. And, you know, it's just entrepreneur life. So I enjoy talking to them because I understand how they feel and I appreciate what they've overcome. So um, that's background to answer your question. So mm-hmm. February 10th, 2017, I was working as a full-time journalist, had my salary cut in half uh, in a five-minute. Oh. So 20 years of journalism, essentially, I'm like, oh, well, got to do something else. So I tried to find a full-time job over the next couple of weeks, couldn't find a job. April 16th, 2017, I incorporated, uh, launched my company. It's called Repic. Um, while no one really knew about it. Um, so I was working full-time at half salary while having my company. Over the next six weeks, I reached out to 5,000 people to get my first five clients. So that's one out of 1,000. Uh, every yes was 999 no's. So that's just, again, entrepreneur life. So mm-hmm. got my fifth client, uh, resigned from my full-time job the next day, and then Robert Feeder, uh, he's the top media columnist in the Midwest, a couple of days later did a story that I'd started my own firm. So that's my origin story of how I launched this company. There you go. Yeah, that's that's rough to to by no fault of your own. All of a sudden, your salary is cut in half, and mm-hmm. and that throws anybody into a tailspin. So love what you've done with it for sure. Yep. And um, you know, two other people that day lost their jobs, um, and essentially, <sighs> my salary was cut in half. Someone else was fired, or t- their job was terminated, and I took their job. Um, basically, so they, because they liked the work I did so much that they basically saved my job in some capacity. So, um, and so we live in the North shore of Chicago. It's not inexpensive to live here. Um, so, you know, mortgage paid to young kids. My wife's a, my wife's a doctor, so, you know, she has a good job and stuff, but still it was a very traumatic experience. And, um, but again, most of my day is talking to people that whatever. It's just entrepreneur life. And so the really, really good entrepreneurs, the ones I talk to, they've all overcome that. So, um, Mm -hmm. that's just what makes you a good entrepreneur, I think is over being able to overcome that. And once you get through all that, and and it's not easy, of course, but once you get through it, you're at this place where I'm at now where you make as much money as you want. You talk to the people that you want to talk to and do what you like to do and what you're good at and just enjoy your life. So, it's that's definitely right. possible, and that's what the that's what the book's about. So that's it. Super well, and I'm sure that your book, as we're about to start talking a little bit about it, has uh, I'm sure helping a lot of people through uh, the, the pandemic right now too. So yeah, uh, so like I get a message at least one every day. I'll just read one that I just got um, yesterday. Um, been really busy the last few months, but finally got a chance to begin your book and man, it's fantastic. I'm only 25% through and I already feel the weights have been lifted off my shoulders learning from you. So blessed we got connected with you and can't wait for a time when we can get more opportunities to collaborate. So that's, I mean, I get a message like that every day. I'm, that's why I wrote the thing because like, I don't care if I make any money on it. I, I mean, my company is very profitable. So like, it's like, when people start a business or when they're thinking about it, they have no idea. For the most part, they have no idea what they're doing. And so like, this is basically yeah. a roadmap of like, it's not like here's a 10 X gimmick to 10 X your revenue. Like it's none of that nonsense. It's like, 
this is what I went through. This is what I did. This is what I implemented. This is why my company is successful on a global level. And, and it's pretty simple. Like it's not, there's no gimmicks to it. It's like real world experiences. So, right. So as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, uh, I was actually introduced to you by, by Greg and Shannon. And, you know, I feel your, your book like three feet from gold is pretty inspired by Napoleon Hill's work and and think and grow rich. Um, First off, how did you how did you learn of or and or meet Greg? So, um, minimum every single day, I make ten life changing intros because I just talk to people and I'll be like, "Oh, I know someone halfway around the world that thinks like you." Um, and then a week later, they'll be like, "How did you know how to introduce us?" I'm like, I don't know, I just in my head i don't write anything down or anything it's just all in my head like there's a giant crm of amazing people in my head so, <laughs> like that's probably my number one superpower that and getting people in news at eye level um but i'm useless to society besides that and being a good dad and husband but but um so yeah like then the byproduct of that that is i get three to four really good intros every single day to other companies that want to hire my firm or people that um want to network with me on a high level or things that I should join. And that's uh, one of the people in my network introduced me to, to Shannon. And that's it. I mean, that's pretty much my day is just, just doing intros. And, and that's, that's, you know, that, that it's funny because again, one of the things that Greg constantly is talking about, he's like, you know, the wealthiest, most successful people are actually the most available. And yep. a lot of, people don't necessarily think that's the case they're thinking well the more successful they are the less available they're yeah. going to be there's going to be a gatekeeper yeah exactly and you know for me the way i reached out to greg and he even said it in the back end of his his interview was like yeah if anybody wants to reach out to me just send me a message on linkedin and it'll be me responding to you and mm-hmm. it's just like wow i mean that's that's pretty straightforward so um what inspired you to write the book that the, the way that you did in more of a story essence, but at the same time, actually teaching what you've learned along the way? Sure. So there was no intent to write the book um, for my company's 30 month anniversary. I was just bored one day. So I posted 30 things that I had learned and I get bored very easily, by the way, but I posted. <laughs> yeah, so I posted 30 things that I had learned from you know, some of the top entrepreneurs in the world in the company's first 30 months. And everybody's like, oh, you have to write a book on this. People were printing out the list uh, and bringing it to meetings. Um, so that was October 16, 2019. And so I'm like, oh, OK, I'll just write a book. So I signed with one of the top micro publishers in the United States. Her name is Rebecca Hall Greider. She's out in California. She's amazing. Um, I've sent her like dozens of people and a lot of them signed with her to write their own books. But so I wrote the book in 43 days. I mean, each lesson's a chapter. I can write a chapter of a book or a story in 10 minutes. Like, it's not hard. I, as a journalist, I wrote two to three stories on deadline every day. So, um, again, like, you asked me to install a light bulb. It'll take me weeks to do that. But like, <laughs> um, it's, it's not hard. So, um, and the book is exactly how I would write a story for if I was a journalist. It's each chapter is like that. And it's very to the point. Like, there's no extra useless stuff in there because i hate extra useless stuff i just like i'm very direct and here's what to do and here's what happened and it's all anecdotal with like stories that happened in my life that that back up each Mm -hmm. lesson so very simple and again very profound it's helped a lot of people yeah 
So it says that you have uh, 30 secrets from, from the top entrepreneurs. What are some of the things that, you know, people that are thinking about reading the book, what, what can they look forward to? Some of the, the big aha moments you've had. Yeah, so I appreciate you asking that. Um, yeah, because to go over all 30 would be very long and tedious, but all of them actually are very helpful. But, so. We need them all, right? Yeah, now. right. Yeah, the, gonna... um... <laughs> so the number one thing that I've learned um, in the three plus years of, of uh, owning this company is, and again, number one thing is do what you like to do and what you're good at. Um, so when I started, I was trying to be you know, do everything for everyone. Cause again, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what an LLC stood for. I didn't know what a W nine was like. I, I didn't know you had to pay taxes four times a year. I, uh, like I didn't, I, I wasn't taught any of that in, in, you know, college. So, um, what I found out within the first couple of months is what I really like to do is write stories and pitch them to media. And so, that's all my company does. It's does one thing, four step process. It's super simple. It's very direct and it weeds out all nonsense. So I, and I never get, like I was saying before, I never get tired of it. I just enjoy doing it. It's not work. So, um, I help a lot of people start their businesses now or mentor them. And, um, that's the number one thing that I recommend they do is find what they're really good at and what they like to do. And, and, and then the other really important tip is, when you start a business, it takes two full years to figure things out. And, um, so again, when I help people start their own businesses, they're like in a panic and kind of like I was like, they don't know what they're doing. I'm like, well, you just kind of got to relax and realize that this is, you know, it's not a quick fix. There's no like magic bullet or silver bullet. It's like, it's gonna, it's gonna take time. It's not going to take six months or a year or 18 months. It's really going to take that, that two year mark to, to kind of figure things out. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah, Justin, I really resonate with what you're saying because, um, you know, I started my first business in a similar fashion where I was being laid off. I knew I was being laid off. I knew I didn't want to ever try to trust anybody again with my livelihood, which is basically my life. Right. Um, and that, you know, just didn't feel good. And so I just threw myself into, um, running a tech company, but at the beginning, yeah, I was like groping in the dark. You didn't know what you didn't know and you didn't know how to right. find what you didn't know, yep. but you do figure it out. And I remember that first year, Mark, it was like, it was so much easier mm -hmm. to get clients, uh, and to be respected in the business world after yep. only just one year, it was like the switch had flipped for people. Oh, you made it through your first year. Oh yeah. Now you're valid. And after that, um, you know, things got progressively easier and definitely the two-year mark was even better and it just goes on from there. So I really resonate with what you're saying where you just, you, you, you kind of have to just put your head down and make it through and yep. you will make it through yep. and you're not the first one. So it's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's plenty of us out there ready to help if, if, if you 100%, need it. percent. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's hiding as just like JC was saying, like nobody's hiding behind gilded doors. And if they are, they're probably very lonely. Right. I feel bad for those people. I gen like genuinely, I talk to um, a lot of like hundred millionaires and billionaires. And then mm -hmm. uh, every now and then, like I'll ask them, oh, hey, how's your family? And they'll say, oh, I never really saw my family or mm -hmm. um, I write about this in the book or like I never had a family. And I'm like, the pain, I can see it. I mean, that's chapter one in, in my book is like, if you don't put your family first, like just put the book down. I can't really help you because all this other stuff doesn't really matter. Um, and so it's, um, 
but I, I mentioned that cause I can see the look in their faces like, Oh man, like the, the regret, like uh, the, something I just learned recently is like, you don't want to be the richest person in the cemetery. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that brings up an important, important topic, especially again, right now in the middle of this pandemic. I mean, you have people that, you know, might've been going like super type a working on their business Mm-hmm. and have gotten to a point where they have time to actually spend with their family but maybe for some reason the, you know the pandemic has taken that away and they feel that they have to work more to be able to support their family um that's that's kind of a an interesting topic that you know the more you love your family the more you feel like you got to work right yeah. and i think it's again right now women times get bad and you feel like you know you're you're the type of person that is successful but for you know because of of things that are out of your control you you, you you're dropping a bit and so you're trying to spend more time and trying to fix that and then that takes away from your family and again, i mean that's a it's a pretty interesting and topic and in upon itself there mm, yeah so i um to answer that, I strongly feel that there will be more companies like mine moving forward. And I, and this is like not a novel concept. Like I thought this well before COVID, like I never understood a lot of companies business models. So my company business model is high price point, low overhead. You essentially leverage your network on a global level to create endless opportunities for your network and for yourself. And you're easily able to pivot. So, um, I mean, there's there's no need to have employees or office space or any of that or work harder because um, my 10xing is 10xing my network on a global level and experiences in, in life with my family. So as the network grows and grows and grows, it just creates endless opportunities for your network and for yourself. So um, a lot of the entrepreneurial groups I'm in, it's um, it's interesting because I'm I'm the outlier where a lot of companies are trying to scale with employees or whatever, and I'm just like well, okay, that, that's fine. And I get it if you want to have a, a giant company or whatever, but like um, my company's team is this tens of thousands of incredible people around the world that are cre- endlessly creating opportunities for myself and, and for each other. So like, I just, I strongly feel that's where business is headed. Cause there's like, you can just enjoy your life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're living in a more human centric world. Uh, you know, we're out, we're out of the industrial revolution. We did that and now we've been just passed through the high tech revolution. That's what my first book is all about. And so that means that, as you're saying, the the office based employees, the nine to five, all of these things that were necessarily heavily structured for the industrial revolution no longer serve us, at least not in the same way. And that there's these new avenues that we can be going down to um, to build better connections in a better world. I 100% agree with that. And um, it's very interesting. So the businesses struggling the most right now are the, a a lot of them are the ivory tower type things. So Mm -hmm. uh, it includes higher education who have lived in this model and gotten away with it forever. Um, Mm -hmm. Or law, or I consider religion a business in in that aspect. And it's like, okay, well, you're either going to figure this out or it'll go away. You'll see a lot of colleges closed because of this which that's fine um and i've been having a lot of discussions with people about higher education and i have a lot of higher ed clients too um 
But in general, it's like these colleges were created by the wealthiest people on the planet to essentially create a workforce. So uh, right. not entrepreneurship, which I learned nothing about getting a journal. Yeah, I know. So it's like, and it I wasn't think even an option when I was at uni. It wasn't even an option. So you didn't even, and growing up, um, you know, you would, I never heard one person and I grew, I grew up in a pretty affluent area, um, in the North shore of Chicago. I'd never heard one person talk about entrepreneurship. It was always be a lawyer or be a doctor or mm -hmm. be an, like it was never even discussed. So, um, it's, I think that'll be very interesting to th see how things change in, in that regard. And so again, my sons are seven and six, um, great kids. And so I don't really treat them like children. Our conversations now are like, what is the difference between a visionary and a, an integrator? And, mm. and they're like, Oh, all your friends are visionaries and all of mommy's friends are, are uh, integrators. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> and we need both. You need, oh, but... <laughs> you need more integrators than visionaries. You got it. Cause so most entrepreneurs have like very high quick start, boom, 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 but no follow through. Mm. So they're all over the place and that's why they need to hire a bunch of people. Mm. I actually have mm. high quick start and high follow through so I can follow through on my own quick start. But oh God, if I had married another visionary like me, oh my God, <laughs> that would have been a disaster. So like and my wife, like again, so the I did this thing called it's like a, a bank code test or something like that. So it's four four scores. And so my first one is action and then my last one is B, what I don't even know what it stands for. Boring is for I guess. So my wife's first is B. And her last one is A. So, but the middle two are the same. So her, her, her first thing is my last one, and my last one is my is her first one. So it actually meshes perfectly. Um, it's a it's a perfect combination. And again, if I had married someone, action first and like, without like a sense of community or whatever, like it would be a disaster. So, yeah, hundred uh, percent. The, the book, the book that you're referencing is uh, Rocket Fuel, correct? With the visionaries in the oh i don't even know i just like that's what i i don't like my kids are you <laughs> know, like, is, like just such a high level thinker he's got this on lock whether or not he's read the book it's no i didn't closer. read that book but like, <laughs> no so like and and so my kids and i like we're what did we just watch underworld the the vampires fighting the werewolves mm -hmm. like we don't watch like cartoons and stuff so it's like you know treat i'm i'm treating them like little adults but then also teaching them about entrepreneurship and stuff. And that, that's one of the yeah. chapters in the book too, is like, you know, prepare your kids for, you know, you know, not this like corporate world stuff. It's like, you know, more of like, here's how the world works and here's the freedom you can have and do what you want to do and all that kind of stuff. Right. That actually, I interviewed a professor um, for my book stories of COVID. And he said that kind of same thing where the entrepreneurial thinking, that mindset that comes with entrepreneurship is increasingly necessary, especially due to the pandemic. Um, so to, so to talk a little bit about, more about your business, cause it's, it's delightful to hear that things are still going well. Um, and I'm, I'm by no means surprised. Um, but just to kind of, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tee you up on this one, but, uh, a real talk moment here how important is a knowledge of PR and media connections in business success? For any business person? Yeah. So that's a really good question. That's, that's actually a really high level question that most people don't ask. Um, so I'm really glad you asked that. Um, I was a journalist for 20 years. I created my entire business model based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years. Um, <laughs> 
So people laugh at that, but like, that's not, you know, I'm not kidding. Like that's literally being annoyed with stupidity and ridiculous press releases from people I didn't know, or, um, it's essential to market your business and your brand. Um, and I mean, I'm going through that right now because, because of my book, I mean, it's been endlessly beneficial, um, doing podcasts or other media interviews and especially podcasts, by the way, lately podcasts are replacing traditional media in terms of importance because the visionary wackadoos in my network, they don't, they don't read Forbes or whatever. They'd listen to podcasts like this because Mm -hmm. it's a deeper dive on someone. They can, they can really get to know somebody on on a deeper level. And then they're like, Oh, I want to connect with this person. So that happens all the time. So, um, Personally, being on these has led to incredible contracts. It's led to incredible introductions. It's led to my clients uh, also being on these shows because I do a good job. And then the host is like, oh, my God, who are these people that you're working with? We want them on the show as well. So it's like right. it, it's endless. Um, it's endless joy for me, too, because like I, I genuinely feel like people want to have the life that I have, like this very successful business, amazing family. I don't none of this has worked to me. So. Um, I'd like to talk about it cause I, you know, you know, people are like the other day, they're like, what are you, what are you watching on TV right now? I'll go, I don't know. I'm trying to help people cure COVID and starting global groups to like talk about entrepreneurship. So it's like, when I get to talk about this stuff, I get really excited. Um, and it's just fun. So yes, for companies, um, hire my firm from a journalistic or business perspective, one to grow their business, which is, it's fine. And and that happens anecdotally, but more importantly, it's to create that long-term and short-term validity and credibility. So you can Mm -hmm. stand out from your competition um, or, you know, just get people to know about you because people for the most part don't care about what you do. They care about who you are, but if they care about who you are, they will care about what you do. So it's just an endless and and the the people in my net they understand they they get it they know how important it is to be out there in the in the public and talk about all the great things you're doing especially now when you can really your companies are you know can really help people and and my company Q2 is the biggest quarter it's ever had because I only work with visionaries who look at things as investments not costs and someone's like what do you cost or charge it's an automatic disqualifier and mm-hmm. so those people these investment minded abundance people are just investing right now they because they know this is such a great opportunity so yeah exactly so what so what are the things that were annoying it with pr like you know for for someone who is just starting out and so they're not at a place where they're going to start sourcing most likely uh and contracting with other firms like what should they uh have in their minds to be more respectful of journalists and to um you know, as you're saying, build the relationships they are going to need in those early days. Yeah. So it's all about, I think the most important thing you said was, well, definitely the most important thing you said there was, it's about building real relationships. So, um, you know, as a journalist, you get hundreds of these really bad, dumb emails every day with these bad press releases from people you don't know. And it's just nonsense and it doesn't serve the journalist at all. It only serves the client. And so, um, when, as a journalist, when I would get these every day, I'm like, it, it was uh, bridge burning for two reasons. One from the firm that actually sent this, but then I'm like, why is this company hiring this nundick to send me? Like, why are you wasting my time with this? So, um, yeah, so it's really about developing real relationships and, and treating journalists like people, um, mm. actually caring about them. Um, 
And, you know, journalists are people, man. It's not an easy job. The pace, not that good for the most part. It's terrible hours. You're getting yelled at and ridiculed all the time. So the last thing you want to deal with is some nutnik sending you a bad press release. So and when you're on tight deadline, you, your email box keeps pinging and pinging. It's like, please stop sending me this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so that's like, I mean, that's why my firm's been successful because it actually knows what a newsworthy story is for any type of business. But then, uh, like, my connections with media, that, you know, it's like, I'm not going to send them one of those things. I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to send them something that's worth their time. So, yeah, you've got that inside lens behind the scenes. You know what works and what doesn't. And then you that's can right. leverage that for your clients. But yep. it also makes journalists' lives better. And so they keep liking you. <laughs> That's right. So I can't, it's been really interesting. One, I still consider myself a journalist. Like, again, I created my entire business based on PR firms annoying me. So I guess I'm like more media relations and in high level storytelling, newsworthy storytelling. But like, it's been really nice, actually, how many journalists send me thank you notes saying for like, oh man, thanks for sending me this story idea. Um, It's really appreciated because um, my firm essentially like is is not doing the work for them per se, but it's really giving them something that's, that's potentially viral or newsworthy and good for their, good for them, good for their readers. Like everybody wins. There's no, like, there's, it's not, it's just not PR garbage. It's like a real story that people actually care about. So. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think uh, really sets you apart from, from so many people again is, is the relationships that we've been talking about here. And, you know, when I first met you, I, I was like, wow, you're, you're, you're a relationship building master. And it was probably really a month before I learned what it was that your business was really all about. And the main reason yep. I asked is that when I first connected with you and we were setting a, a time to have this interview, you asked me a few key questions and started connecting me right away with people in your network and, and, and no time. And it was after I came back around to mention to you what I'd learned from those folks and how compatible they are with what we're doing with the AWC that we had the chance to talk about what you were up to. So Mm -hmm. when, when it comes to the skill of, of leading with relationships and, and, and services first, how did you, how did you learn that skill? Because for a lot of people, they'll go through the career, not even. Oh, they'll go through their whole life. Never. never, And that's um, based on my experience. That's the most important thing you can do in a business. Um, like I don't sell, I, I don't sell anything. And if somebody asks me what I do, I'll tell them. Otherwise, I mean, whatever. So <laughs> again, so and, and by again, you so you just explain why I built a global successful company in three years, where I make a ton of money. So it's that's what it's about. It's about real relationships. The byproduct is you get these amazing contracts to work with all these firms around the world. So um, this has been the coolest thing about writing the book is that I actually discovered what my company really is. It's not a PR firm. Um, It's this giant incubator of geniuses, and we're just constantly introducing each other for mutual gain. And then the byproduct is I'm getting these intros around the world, companies that want to hire my firm. So I might have said it already, but on average, I make at least 10 life-changing intros every single day. And JC's definitely been the recipient of those. I know those are very high level intros and then I get three or four good ones every day. So it's, it's, that's, it's, that's life. That's, that's where I think business is headed. That's why I think my business model is so, so mm-hmm. successful and so easy. Like there's no, there's no gimmick. It's just genuinely helping people. And then people want to help you back. And, um, right. 
it's the opposite of uh, you know the the um, oh, what did you call it, Veronica? The um, the industrial revolution or you know manufacturing mm -hmm. Model T Fords or whatever. Um, it's been it's it's like the number one most important thing. And as as you guys said, like most people never even they never even realize that they're just in a cubicle, either if literally a cubicle or they're stuck in a job they don't like again because i don't think college or anyone in their neighborhood ever taught them about entrepreneurship or like here's what it you know being happy actually is and um so yeah it's been really cool to see that this was a, a thing a superpower which really is my number one superpower i never knew about it until i started this like i always had a really good network being a journalist but at owning a business it's really allowed me to develop and really like shine on a crazy global level this this connecting thing like i don't write anything down it's just all in my head and someone will say something and i just know how to i, I just know like someone that would be a good fit for them and then that mm -hmm. leads to either good friendships or i don't know partnerships or them become clients for them like it, it's just endless so Right, right. Yeah. So what do you think that most people don't do it? I mean, for example, LinkedIn is notorious for people asking, oh, God. you know, and, and, and <laughs> we had, you know, we had Devin Johnson on back in session 171 and he, he's trying to uh -huh. at least alter that a little bit in that uh -huh. he uses LinkedIn by building relationships first, right? He tries to get people on a discovery call as quickly as he possibly can. It just happens to automate that process a little bit. So so people have referred to me as a linkedin genius i i don't even know how that happened because like there's no gimmicks on like i just i have twenty two thousand followers on linkedin i just use it as a commercial for other people so like if i have a good meeting with someone i'm like oh hey i had a great meeting with so and so i'll tag them in it and put a link to their site and then if my clients are in some awesome publication i'll you know i'll post though thanks to chicago tribune for picking up this story and then i'll tag my clients in there and i will tag the reporter in it because it's good publicity for them too and um the byproduct of that is it just leads to people constantly reaching out to me or then or then the people that are tagged in it they like it and comment on it and then their their um friends and followers see that and then they wind up connecting with other people within that and it just creates this giant blob of awesomeness and it just keeps growing, growing so i don't it's just i i mean that's been interesting from a social media thing like i didn't expect linkedin to be that powerful when i started this business but that's by far the number one for mm. me anyway yeah. like some people use instagram and that's fun that i have instagram too but for for how my brain works in businesses it's like linkedin's num the number one by far yeah no it's huh. um LinkedIn was built on professionalism and connection while Instagram was built on here, look what I did. And Facebook was built on whatever dumpster fire it is now. And so like, <laughs> I'm, not <surprised. laughs> I'm not surprised that you're loving LinkedIn. And I, I definitely have fallen in love with it too recently. Yeah, it's, it's great. Um, Justin, you've got a lot of good work going for you, and it's clear that you're not slowing down during the pandemic. Oh, God, no. no. Not in the least. No, it's only the beginning. <laughs> Boom. So what does the rest of this year hold for Brad Pick and you personally? 
Um, so I get a question like that five to 10 times a day. Um, oh. and so I completely live in the present. I don't look at, I enjoy my life. Um, mm. so because five to 10, you know, again, minimum five conversations a day on a global level with amazing people. And so there's a good chance one of those conversations leads to either a new client or a new great relationship. And I just enjoy my life. Um, I guess to somewhat answer your question, like my company's only a little over three years old, and this, so it's this is the beginning. Like I just started, and like already it's a global successful company, so it's just going to get better and better again because my network keeps growing and growing and growing. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> and it's like, oh, wait a minute, this is possible. Yes, it actually is possible, and. It's and true. in a way that's good for everybody. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm loving the old model of taking advantage of others in order to make money is falling away in Ugh, a beautiful God. world. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has uh, been a, a quick talk and, and usually is, Justin, every time that I've talked to you. so um, This is the longest I, we've ever talked by far. Nah, Me too. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, so as we're wrapping up here, uh, we always finish with the rapid fire questions and I got to warn you that we'll ask them quickly, but you don't necessarily have to answer them quickly. Okay. So if you, you know, if you need to make a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of conceptual Play-Doh to kind of fix your, give your solution or your answer, then uh, feel free. So the first, uh, question is, uh, who are your three influencers or teachers that have launched you to where you're at today? Colin Corbett, Greg Reed, and Dennis Chikoisian. I'll have to check out those other two names. What is at least one documentary that you'd recommend people check out? 13th. Ooh, nice. 13th. What's that one? Mm -hmm. Uh, About slavery and oppression in the United States. The 13th Amendment. Yep. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. Really good. Uh, what's the best advice that you've ever received? From a company perspective, do what you like to do and what you're good at. Uh, from a life perspective, put your family first. Yeah. Hmm. What issue do you believe people ought to be talking about yet hardly anyone is? Um, the lot in my book is talking about the, the downs that you go through entering business and seeking help. So actively seeking help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. be ashamed. Right. No need for it. And uh, final question, what's it mean to live a life of abundance? Uh, abundance mentality is the only mentality. There's no such thing as cost and scarcity. The people in my network in the tens of thousands, they're investing and have endless joy and abundance. So um, there's no panic. There's no worry. There's... Let's get this done. Let's have fun with our lives. Let's enjoy our lives and and um, and spread that joy to others. Yeah, mm. love that, love that. Well, Justin, again, this has been this has been fun. Uh, again, your website is brepicllc.com. Again, that is b r e p i c l l c dot com. And if people want to look you up on the socials, where's the best places to find you? Uh, Justin Breen on LinkedIn. I've got 22,000 followers there. And again, I use it as a commercial for others. 
So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed this conversation with Justin. He's been such a great resource for me and I'm sure tons of other people. Uh, in fact, when I meet other people who have actually spoken with him, he's usually on the top of their list of connectors. And that said, if you're part of an established company that's looking for great PR, then Justin is definitely your guy. In today's show note extras, I have four other interviews with him. In the first interview, past guest of the show, Manoj Argwal, interviews him and learns if there's a master plan for an epic business. Next up, if learning more about his PR business and how he plans on scaling it is of interest, uh, there's some good stuff with his interview with Christy Ross of Bootstrapping in America. Or perhaps learning how to tell the story of your business is something you want to learn more about. Then the third interview with Rob Rosmus is for you. And finally, Justin did a stream interview with Jordan Ostroff. And this is a very, very real conversation. And in fact, there's a part about nine minutes in you uh, you don't want to miss. As Justin would say, it's a little, little epic. Again, you can check those out and the other show notes at newinceptions.com slash 187. So that's a wrap for this particular session. Remember, if you want to start filling up your pipeline with the right kind of potential clients, check out Connected. Visit newinceptions.com slash connected to save and book your demo today. So with that said, thanks for spending some time with Justin, Veronica, and myself. And until next session, dig in, have fun, and take care in whatever you're creating. And we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home, at work, or on the go at facebook.com slash newinceptions, on Twitter at newinceptions, Instagram at new.inceptions, and on the web at newinceptions.com.